All right, we are recording here on Hall of Fame night. Hall of Fame President Josh Rowich, friend of the podcast, just revealed the three newest members of the Baseball Hall of Fame. So let's get right into this. Hello, it is Wednesday, January 24th. Dylan Campione, Nico Fernandez, James Tausig, Henry Kalani, as always. And of course, we are today joined, very special guest for a very special episode, Lucas Siegel, if you want to introduce yourself to our loyal listeners. Hello, and who are you? How you doing? I'm Lucas Siegel, uh, big Giants fan over here and excited to be on the podcast today to talk about the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. So we've been working with Lucas to get him on the podcast at some point. And of course, this Hall of Fame episode with a lot of interesting players and interesting takes to be thrown out there. Perfect opportunity. And of course, we are talking about the three newest members of the Baseball Hall of Famer, Adrian Beltre, who got 95%. Todd Helton received 79%. And Joe Maurer received 76%, exactly four votes above what was needed in order to make it into the Baseball Hall of Fame. So James, I know you're not too pleased with the results of today's election and ballot. So the floor is just yours and take it wherever you want to go. I don't care. Fraudulent <laughs> committee, fraudulent organization. I don't care about the Hall of Fame. It's useless. Thank you, James Tausig. Nico. Um, it was surprising. Uh I think that Todd Helton was kind of a surprise for me. I thought that he was like Hall of Very Good. I think that he was like one of those guys that's like just under the threshold, but good to see him in. Um, Joe Maurer, I thought that if he got in, it'd be like his fourth or fifth year. I was very surprised to see that he got first ballot, but he was one of the elite catchers of his generation, so I could see it. Adrian Beltre, Locke, and again, like we've kind of said the last two, three years, like Billy Wagner not being in is just a travesty. I will name drop Billy Wagner finished five votes shy of being inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. He finished at 73.8%. Next year will be his 10th and final year on the ballot, Henry. Yeah, I mean, Billy Wagner, kind of fraudulent. He had a negative 35 OPS plus on his career. <laughs> that guy stinks. Um, no, I think I think Wagner will get it next year. Um, I'll see how you can go five votes short and then not get it the next year. I was... I was disappointed to not see him on, and I was really shocked that Mauer got on. Those were really my big two takeaways. Um, I I I thought that there was a conversation for Mauer, but not in a million years would I have said that he made it first ballot. So, and he joins a very esteemed group, um, but I'm pretty sure there are going to be some pretty like some heated arguments about that on this on this episode. I think the two things that surprised me the most, and Lucas, I'm going to then pose a follow up question to you based on it. Adrian Beltre fell to 95%. And if you haven't checked it out, our recent interview with Hall of Fame voter Bill Ballou was controversial and everyone started to hate on Bill because he was the first and at the time the only Hall of Fame writer out of, I believe it was around 200 at that point that revealed their ballots to not have Adrian Beltre on there. And he said that he didn't care if he was the only writer to not do it. He wasn't going to vote for Beltre, plain and simple. And fast forward today, we revealed that there were indeed 19 writers that did not vote for Adrian Beltre, but Mr. Ballou is still the only one to not attach his name to it. The other publicly revealed non-Adrian Beltre ballot was written by an anonymous voter. So Bill Ballou is the only one of the 19. 
Does that make sense, Lucas? Should all the voters have to reveal their ballot? And were you surprised that Beltre fell down to 95%? I do think all voters should be revealing their ballots. Uh, I think some accountability for the Hall of Fame would go a long way because you have people, everyone's upset about something, especially this year with the Hall of Fame. I think there are really a few things that you can be upset about. Wagner, Maurer, um, Beltre, a lot of questions with how he got to 19. But I'm honestly not surprised that that many didn't vote for Beltre. There's a reason we've only had one unanimous uh, person elected to the Hall of Fame. There are always people that don't vote for people. And while Beltre, in my opinion, is an obvious Hall of Famer, I don't think he's one of those inner circle all-time greats that you're shocked isn't unanimous. Uh, so, so I really wasn't that surprised about that. Let's get into some debating here. Easy one, Billy Wagner. We all believe he's a Hall of Famer, correct? Not even close. Yeah. All right, no debate there. But I think this one's interesting. Gary Sheffield, the debate ends on his Hall of Fame campaign tonight. That this was his 10th and final year on the ballot. He was polling pretty close. I believe he was around 74, 75% pre-announcement. Oh, he ended around 64. 73%. Or, no, yeah, he ended at 63. Yeah. yeah. He's done. And I don't think he gets into the Hall of Fame via the Veterans Committee because they've been very harsh. In fact, even worse on guys that have any steroid ties as seen by Barry Bonds not even getting six of 16 votes in his recent committee electoral opportunity. So Gary Sheffield's gone. Who's upset? I mean, just quickly, I mean, when when you use, when you compare all these guys' stats, right? Gary Sheffield had the highest OPS plus of any of these guys across his career. He had a 140 OPS plus for his career, 907. I mean, Really, he was known for his he was known for his power from the player, right? He had two ninety two average, nine oh seven OPS. Like he was a dog. Um, but tying yourself to steroids will do that to you. Even though, and we talked about it, I forget when, but the like the way that he sort of admitted to it was was pretty upfront and was sort of so honest when nobody was really like hammering down on him for it that like you sort of gotta at least I believe him. Um. But I think it was – I'm not, like, sad to see him go, per se, but I did think that, that there was more of a chance that he would. The only member now of the Major League Baseball Hall, uh, 500 home run career club – 500 500 home run career club. Yeah, that's right. Sounded weird. To not be in the Hall of Fame. Other than all the guys that are directly tied to steroids in Bonds, A-Rod, Sosa, Maguire, Palmero, and Manny. Miggy Cabrera and Albert Pujols will be there in exactly four to five years from now. And then there's Gary Sheffield, who was never suspended, never was on a list, but rather openly admitted, yes, I took cream once on my knee and that officially counted as a steroid prior to there being suspensions for steroids. And now he's not in the Hall of Fame. You think he regrets that? (laughs) Yes. But I think, and Nico, this goes back to our argument that we had, or not an argument, but debate a couple days ago. When will the first guy that is officially tied to steroids make the Hall of Fame? And I know I stated my case, and Lucas, I want to hear yours because you weren't on this episode on Sunday. I said it's not going to happen until someone that's in the Hall of Fame right now admits that he did use it. And of course, we don't want to throw any defamatory names out there, but we said like a Bagwell or a Piazza or someone like that that was an established power hitter that people don't think took it. But if he, now that he has nothing to lose, says, yeah, I took him. Then what happens? Well, I don't think it'll be one of those guys. 
I don't okay. think someone will come clean from the Hall of Fame. I think it could be someone like Tatis, who, I mean, if Tatis, obviously it's very early in his career, but if Tatis has a Hall of Fame caliber career, are you going to not let him in because of something they did? Was that his third year in the league? Uh, served a suspension and is now kind of, again, becoming one of the electric faces of baseball. I think that they'd have a hard time not letting someone like Tatis in. Yeah, like you, like I, I agree. That was the first thing that came to my head, and then I like thought again, and I was like, "Well, there's this guy like named Alex Rodriguez that had like a fairly unmatchable career that I think Tatis, even though we think he's so such a great player, I don't think he can even put up numbers that A Rod put up. So, I, I just I don't think it's it's possible for anyone that takes steroids. I mean, you'd have to hit like seven. 700 even then bonds didn't get out yeah no, that's that that's not the bar where's like, I, like yeah where's where's the bar what where where's the point where it's like oh you have to let him in because the greatest statistical player in the history isn't in the second arguably greatest in alex rodriguez isn't in so like fraudulent i don't care useless organization I'll yeah i think room. that i think that one gary Sheffield, weirdly i think he's a hall of famer but I also don't think he was good enough to be the first steroid user to be in the Hall of yeah. Fame. Like, it's like a weird thing. Like, since he took it, I kind of like, I think he should be in the Hall of Fame, but I don't think he's the first guy. I think that it's really for A-Rod and Manny. I think that it's kind of a numbers game. I do think if Tatis has a Hall of Fame career, I honestly think he for sure gets in. Because I think it's more of a numbers game of how much turnover are we going to have in the next eight years? I think there's enough turnover in the guys. Some guys drop out. We get some new guys in. That's really more of what it is. I don't think that it's what anyone could do because I don't think there is a bar. I think it's more how much turnover can we get by either the time like a guy like Tatis comes or if we're looking at guys already on the ballot, a guy like A-Rod or a guy like Manny Ramirez, how much turnover can we get in like the better part of the next decade? Because I think that's really what it is. I think I don't think it's anyone looks at their – careers and it's like oh they're not hall of famers i think that it's just you have like a strong age gap break in opinion where you have like guys who are like new on the ballot really like giving votes like barry bonds when he was on his last couple years a rod and manny and then you have the vast swath of people who if you tried to hire them at a job they'd be like no you're 75 and on a cane saying oh they took steroids and even though i watched babe ruth and he took amphetamines Babe Ruth's a Hall of Famer, and Barry Bonds and A-Rod and Manny won't be. Lucas? I don't think it's ultimately going to be about the person's career, the, per the first person to do it. I think that any Mitchell Report era guy will not make the Hall of Fame uh, if they're linked to steroids like that. I mean, Barry Bonds, there will probably never be a better statistical player than Barry Bonds. He's not in the Hall of Fame. He'll probably never be in the Hall of Fame. So A-Rod's not going to get in. Manny's not going to get in. I think the only way it's going to happen is if the optics are different, where it's not. I mean, A-Rod, that was twice in the early prime of his career, and then when he had kind of had a resurgence in his career at the end. Barry Bonds, that was what took him from the best player in baseball to a, a god amongst men. Uh, and, and I think the optics of those guys are such that it's never going to happen. Whereas if Tatis has a Hall of Fame career, all after the steroid stuff or another guy like that in a whole different era is the, that's the only way it's going to happen. I think the one thing that I have, and I'm going to not debunk our whole argument, but definitely throw a monkey wrench in. 
And that's one, we all criticize all the steroid players and say that that era is pretty tainted and that there weren't set rules, there weren't set boundaries, we didn't know what to do. We know with a company, and now to go all MSB on everyone, a company fish rots from the head down. Who is the head of MLB at that time? Bud Selig. Bud Selig. Who has a plaque in the Baseball Hall of Fame and was inducted into the Hall of Fame two years ago? Sure. Bud Selig. So Selig ran the organization almost into the ground, into a strike. I know the great race of 98 did save the league, and Selig was at the helm when that happened. And why did that happen? Because why of steroids. And the yeah. only person from that era to be in the Hall of Fame as the symbol of that era right now is Bud Selig. That's so criminal. Seems a little off. But then the second thing I do want to throw at you because this goes directly towards Nico's point of that he thinks the voters are going to change. And over time, and we did see that happen this year, there are around 20 or so voters that are now retired and came new guys came onto the ballot. A-Rod and Manny lost percentages from last year to this year. The new wave came in this year and did not vote for them. So... I do agree that it's usually the younger generation. We're looking at five college students right now that all believe that A-Rod and Manny should be in the Hall of Fame. Apparently, that's not the case <laughs> because A-Rod and Manny both lost two to three percentage points from their point last year, which is the newer wave of guys coming in and saying no. And unfortunately, that means it's probably only going to get worse from here on out. But Lucas was just shaking his head. So let's go to the steroid debate. Because we haven't had one of these ever because the four of us are pro-steroid. Oh. I don't think they should be in the Hall of Fame. Now, I don't necessarily blame them for being a part of that era and doing what they did at the time. A-Rod may be a little different because that was a couple times pretty far after. Uh, but I don't think that steroid users should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, not necessarily because it's different, just because that era is a stain on the integrity of the baseball and the sport. And I don't think that inducting people to the Hall of Fame is the way to do that. Similar argument in my idea for why Pete Rose should not be in the Hall of Fame. There's the character clause. And obviously that's talked about a lot on both sides. You could say that's why Maurer got in, the character clause on the good side. But I think that we can celebrate great careers while not putting people in the Hall of Fame who are steroid users. So you think we should take out people if they admit to it? That that would go down. Yeah, up. but then Awkward. they'd never, then they'd because, never admit to it. Like, because what if, like hypothetically, people were found to use illegal drugs to help their performance, <laughs> and they are in the Hall of Fame? That that's talking a, about Babe Ruth. Yeah, and Willie Mays. Yeah. I'm exactly talking about Babe Ruth. It is confirmed. Babe Ruth took amphetamines. Multiple people. So did everyone. All like the way going 60s. up to the 1960s. Not confirmed, but it's rumored that Willie Mays took it. A vast amount of people. Hey, no defamation claims on here again. Not, We've had that not, happen. Not, it's it's yeah. a rumor. I said rumor <laughs> for Willie Mays, confirmed for Babe Ruth. Those are that those are the facts. Those Babe Ruth, at least. We'll talk about Babe Ruth was confirmed to take illegal drugs to help his performance during baseball. So Babe Ruth. Should not be in the Hall of Fame. Can we go with like when were they banned? Instead of <laughs> what? But when when were Why? amphetamines banned by Major League Baseball? Right when baseball started. <laughs> right. Can, can we go with spitballers instead of throwing accusations that are a hundred years it's old? It's not an accusation. It's a true. This is not an accusation. No, it's not. It's not. It's, it's true. not an accusation. It's not an accusation. Willie Mays. I'm not accusing him. That's I said. That's a rumor. The this problem is, is I don't. 
I don't think you can go down the route of tearing down plaques. I agree. I agree. But the fact is, there are there's people- a difference between not admitting someone and being like, "Nope, first class <laughs> guy in the first class of the Hall of Fame, you're done." <laughs> but why? It's the character clause. Why can't you? Should if the Hall of Fame is supposed to be the head of of character and God forbid, just a museum telling you about the baseball and about one of the most electric eras in baseball. Again, the character clause. Babe Ruth out. It's that simple. Well, Babe Ruth. So Babe Ruth, well, Babe Ruth would be out because he just wasn't a good human. You need to not define because he took clause. Because if you remember, there exactly we also have you have fun. to define character clause. Is just this very dust thing that we put into the air. We also have that we story. We can't define anything. This is all subjective. Well, I know, well, I know how I care about who's in the Mitchell. <laughs> well, you said first thing. There's a guy in the Mitchell Report in the Hall of Fame. Poppy. Big Poppy is on the Mitchell Report in the Hall of Fame. Poppy. Everyone liked a Big Poppy. So, Manfred, a year before. Came oh, out, yeah, well, oh, yeah. We already have someone in Mitchell who's a if you, if you, <laughs> if you, ask, you know, You know, if you ask my dad, if you ask Mr. Basil Kalani, he'll be like, oh, Poppy was a steroid user. Now, is that because he's a Yankee fan? Maybe, but the character clause is complete opinion because here's how Big Bobby got into the Hall of Fame. So was the Hall of Fame. What? You say the character clause is complete complete opinion. So is the actual Hall of Fame. There's no like there's no threshold. It's all subjective. I like this. We're going down the path of the Hall of Fame being useless. The Hall of Fame is useless. I think we can all come to that conclusion. The the character clause is just this fairy dust thing because Big Poppy was just eternally liked by every single person that wasn't a Yankee fan. Manfred came out a year before and was like, actually, when you look at Big Poppy's case, you know, some of the tests and like the P tests that they did were a little like fraudulent and like gimmicky. I don't actually think he took steroids. He was just on the Mitchell report. So he got in the Hall of Fame. So now it's just a likability contest. If A-Rod was just a better human throughout his career and kissed freaking Bud yep. he would have gotten into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> no, that's true. I mean, I, obviously no free promos, but um, Foolish Baseball has a great video on the Hall of Fame where he talks about how A-Rod, A-Rod has to like, he called, he has to girl boss a little bit and has to like improve his, like improve his perception. And perception is probably the most like unspoken biggest part of the Hall of Fame. And whether it's ridiculous or not, it's just sort of like the unspoken truth that like, Guys who are not well liked are not going to make the Hall of yeah, Fame. You need some Hall of Fame unspoken riz if you want to get in. That's essentially the conclusion that Side Retired has come to about this useless. I think of old people. I think A Rod's improved his perception more than almost anyone has yeah. ever post playing career. But Dylan, didn't you say his numbers are still going down? Yeah. So I, I don't. I don't think that necessarily perception of your character as a as a human being is all of it because. Aaron has gone from like the heel in Major League Baseball for most of his career to now being a guy that's not universally loved, but a lot more people liked him. Um, yeah, absolutely. Dating like folks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Pushing forward a little bit to some guys that are probably a little less controversial. Andrew Jones finished at 61%. Seems like he'll get in eventually. Anything that anyone wants to say about Andrew? Are we good good on him. Better than Scott Rowland, so absolutely. <laughs> Carlos Beltran, fifty-seven percent. He pushed up some ground, roughly ten percent. It looks like he's going to be on his way, but again, cheaters. I per- personally, the worst giants of all time. If I if I ever got if I ever got a vote, all all you twenty seventeen Astros are going straight to hell. <laughs> like 
Like I appreciate I appreciate what he did as a Yankee too. I do. But you'll never you would never see me voting for a twenty seventeen Astro. Wait, what did Belchron get? He got, he got like, like fifty eight. Oh, he's not getting in. Yeah, he's cooked. I don't know. I it was, feel his, like it, was, it was his first year. It was his second, second year. Second yeah. year. Yeah, That's time. Yeah. I think got, he I think he'll be in next year. Uh I don't think because I think they'll keep it to the same three to four person class and as we'll get to in a second there's two guys that are likely going to get in plus billy wagner and jones are probably slightly ahead of him but uh there's a clear path for him getting in in two to three years from now we're going to skip a rod manny they're both at 34 and 32 percent respectively which is a pretty insane you know, drop off uh, hey you know what i have a new rule i have uh-uh. a new rule i have a new hall of fame rule yes i have a new hall of fame rule yes you should not be able like if you're on the ballot, you're on the ballot once. Everyone, you <laughs> just look at the ballot once. You can't. That's so change. stupid. <laughs> Why? If you get because, ten votes, because, you shouldn't just magically okay. get to be like, oh, James, you know what? Not, I love this take. The you know problem, what? You know what? The, Beltron. Oh, 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 Beltron's on the ballot again this year. Oh, I guess I'll vote for him this time. I love it's because it's because there are weaker like. It's because no, people... no, that's no. stupid. James, no James we're dealing with ridiculous old men. We need to give them several years so they can see really talented players. And like, and the let, problem is most years when they an get their shine. Of, the yeah, problem is there's an average dude, of thirteen Hall of Famers per year. They don't right play now. anymore. What are they doing differently from year one to year ten to get in? They're the it's, same it's the it's the company. It's the company that that they're with. <laughs> This is also another differentiator. I can't comprehend. It's another way to differentiate players. James, I agree with this so much. I think I think that you being a first Hall of Famer, a first ballot is a sham. I don't think that you're a better you you should be better because oh, he's good enough to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I couldn't tell you who was first ballot. I watch the Mongols. What's I bet you could guess eighty percent of them. I bet you could guess eighty percent of them just by looking at names. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't even disagree with you guys. I don't disagree that it's that it's ridiculous, but because there's this like there's this stigma around putting too many guys on your ballot, that's it's sort of what has to happen in order for these great players to get the representation that they deserve. Because they're because it's a bunch of seventy five year old men who don't who are like, well, you know, I don't want to be letting everybody in. I will then, say like, there is a then, yeah, you got to give them a little time. There's a statistic that came out. I forget who reported it, so shout out to the reporter if someone can find it. Uh, number of players on the ballot increased this year. Last season, it was 5.8 people were voted for. On the average ballot this year, was 7.0. So people were not afraid to have bigger ballots this year, which does accumulate for why this was also the first time in, I believe, 30 to 40 years that there were six candidates above the 60 percentile range, and that was the three that got in, plus Wagner, Sheffield, and Andrew Jones. So there was a clear... Top six, Beltron was right there as the seventh. And then you have this hodgepodge of guys that we're about to get into that each got in between wait, wait. 10 can, to can 35. Yes. Lucas, you were shaking your head when when I said that. Like I'm I'm genuinely curious why. Because like I, I think that I think that it's just sort of a necessary evil to allow guys who deserve to make the Hall of Fame to get their to get their moment. But if you disagree. I don't think it's a necessary evil. I think it's the right way to do it. I think that there is a difference between Willie Mays and guys who are getting in on their 10th year. Uh, And I also think that if you're going to change it, you would have to be putting 12 guys in every year. I think they're, I I don't know the exact number, but 
there aren't three guys who who've played every year and are like first years every ballot that are in the Hall of Fame. So you would have to materially change the way you do it, which I don't think would pay the proper respect to the last 140 years of baseball. Mm-hmm. If we're creating the Hall of Fame right now, maybe you do it that way. But I, I think it is the best way to do it while honoring these guys, the, the right respect. Guys, now. I'm sorry. Mike okay, that's fair. In on his eighth year and the, Mike Messina is not a Hall of Famer. I just because like I understand that there's tears and shouldn't be that there's tears. It should be that some guys just are in the Hall of Fame that shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. So you're saying that a guy who didn't get in on his first attempt should not be in? I'm not saying that should be first, but I actually I love that thing. I think it should be shortened. I think okay, it should so, be shortened. And, so that and, then eliminates Yogi Berra and Mike Piazza from the Hall of Fame who got <laughs> like my whole thing is they should be in on their first time. My, well, they my, got in my, on their fifth. Five. I think five. I think it should be short. <laughs> I think it should be short. Don't can you find someone who got in on your seven? I don't think, I don't, think any, I don't understand why you see a guy in your first year. Why your opinion? If you're truly looking at their resume, because it's not like guys. We're we're not acting like guys are picking ten guys a year. No one's picking ten guys a year. I think okay. Well, here's one thing. I think the Billy Wagner question is fascinating because I think he needed Mariano Rivera to get in first before his candidacy actually gained any stock. Year one of Billy Wagner was before Mariano Rivera, and that's why he was sitting around 12%. Now, post-Rivera, he has gotten up to 60, 65, and people were comfortable saying, okay, we can let a reliever in. We can start to trust that small sample size, he's going to work. Now, do I think from the get-go that Billy Wagner was a Hall of Famer? Yes, but I don't think that the voters did think that relievers could be Hall of Famers until Mariano got in. Which, I again, I just think is ridiculous. I think this goes back to the voter itself. Obviously, I don't think it should be one. I just more think of, like, the thought of, yeah, one, because nothing's changing. The whole point is more that what's changing in one year? If you're a real Hall of, if you're a Hall of Fame voter and your job, you're going to be like, I'm going to sit here for a couple weeks and I'm going to form a ballot. If you really do a good job, there's no reason the year after your opinion should change. I agree. That's it. It's a, I buy it. I just think there's all that's not how they're doing it right now. Yeah. That's the point. I agree with more because most guys, there are some guys that are like, I try and fill up the ballot. I think we, we interviewed one, a couple who said that, Mm -hmm. and that's completely justified. We want to talk about that, but a lot of guys are filling up four to five guys. Max. I don't get the people that vote for four people and then all of a sudden add a fifth guy that they didn't have the year before. I understand when your 10 changes. I don't understand how if you yeah, have four like, the year before, bigger, you go to five. My bigger thing is I think that the unanimous thing, I think there should be more people unanimous because I think that uh, there's a stigma of, oh, is this guy a unanimous Hall of Famer? That's not the question. The question is, is he a Hall of Famer? And again, I just don't understand how if you really diligently do this and this again goes back to the people who are voting if you're diligently doing this there's no reason that you should grow there's no reason you should grow unless people are filling up 10 which they're not carlos beltron if most people are not putting 10 guys carlos beltron should grow by two percent next year but that's not what's going to happen he's going to grow by like eight percent because people are gonna be like ah I'll put him on because I didn't think he was a second ballot Hall of Famer. I thought he was a third. Which at the end of the day, when you look at your plaque, this is like the whole thing like, of, oh, first, second, third. When they look at your plaque, it doesn't say he was a first ballot Hall of Famer. It says he was a Hall of Famer. I like it. I think Beltron's the weird exception. I think there are a couple of voters that um, I think the weird thing with Beltron is there are definitely voters that are saying he needs to serve his 10 years penance for the Astros thing. 
which is a weird take, but I think you all have to agree. There is definitely oh, a, handful, yeah. <laughs> there's a handful of voters out there that do believe that. But, and here I was thinking that we were done with all the controversy. I think we've now reached the point of no controversy. Shout out to Omar Vizquel, who lost voting percentage. Hey, good job. If you want to talk about a character clause on that one, Omar Vizquel is losing ground. Bobby Bray finished at 14% after last year. Make you legend. So he's falling on the ballot. Jimmy Rollins went up from 12% to 14%. Andy Pettit, who's a steroid guy, fell from 17% down to 13%. Mark Burley, who's hanging around, was at 10% last year. He's down to 8% this year. Francisco Rodriguez, who was at 10% last year, fell down to 7%. Tory Hunter, who was last year at 6.9%, went up to 7.3%. Chase Utley, forgot to skip over him, my bad, entered the ballot at 28.8%. I don't know about Chase Utley. I think he eventually gets in. I think the weird thing now that we have to realize is that when a guy enters at 30%, do not want to open up what we were just talking about. Ignore the conversation from the last 10 minutes. We're just going to put up a statement out there, though. When a guy starts on year one at around 30%, it feels inevitable that he will eventually get yeah. to 75. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, the, I don't when, want to care about start, the efficacy when, of whether that's hot. right or not. I think if you, exactly, Henry, if you start off at 30, <laughs> it's going to eventually add up to get to 75. So... Do you think there's a single voter that didn't vote for Chase Utley that would have had he not slid into Ruby Tahara? Yes, I actually think there are about you five. <laughs> no way. Yeah, no, I know. I just, you you're telling me there aren't a couple Bill Blue esque Mets reporters who are like, that guy's dirty. He's dirty. Look at what he did to Ruben. And like, and and are voting for him. Absolutely. There's absolutely like five of them. <laughs> uh, and then there's one other person. That did get five percent and stayed on the ballot for an additional year. Um, there was once a player that got eight percent of the ballot and he eventually made it to 75. So here we are with a person getting 6.2 percent of the vote. And next year we'll begin the campaign for David Wright to make the Hall of Fame. Okay, so I, I have even as a Yankees fan, I have a lot of respect for David Wright. I really like David Wright, and he's a great player, stand up guy. If David Wright makes it, and Don Mattingly did not, it's they but like when you Don actually Mattingly look got at the, to fifty percent though, and then I do have a statistic. In a I, second, I so, but finish so your point like, first, but but I mean they literally they are like the same player. They both had spinal stenosis. They were both like the leaders, the captains of their New York teams. They are the same player, just like two decades apart. But if if I will be I'll be very upset if Don Mattingly did not and. Um, David Wright does. But speaking David, of, Wright, David Wright, great player. Speaking of Mattingly, and thank you for the perfect transition to my trivia question, Henry. In the last, I think by accident I did 11 years, but I was trying to go to 10 years, but it's now 2024. So it's 2014 to 2024. How many players do you think stayed on the Hall of Fame ballot for 10 years and did not get into the Hall of Fame? So technically Gary Sheffield 17. now counts. 25. <laughs> 13. Four. Three. Eight. Oh, three. Three. Including including Sheffield. I'm not including Bonds and Clemens because they're a separate category yeah, of why we know they'd have made. No, it's Bonds. Jeff Kent, it's Don Mattingly, and it's Gary Sheffield. 
are the only three players to stay on the ballot for the full amount of time in the last 10 years and not make the Hall of Fame. Fred McGriffson. Lisa Why was Mattingly on the ballot in 2014? Yeah, because back then they had the rule of 15 years. And oh, since right, he was right. grandfathered into the system, he remained on for, I believe his last year was around 2014, 2015. You know. But yeah, three players lived out the full 10 years on the ballot and didn't get in. Which makes you think there's a lot of these random lurkers that look like they're actually going to stay on for 10 years. They won't. Does that mean that like Bobby Bray, Jimmy Rollins, Andy Pettit, Mark Burley are getting in at some point? Like, I really hope not. No, it doesn't. But the weird tradition shows that a guy like Alan Trammell that lurked around on the bottom of the ballot getting around 10% did get in. I think Harold, Rollins, Harold Baines yeah, lingered around 5% and got in. The only guys that haven't are Kent, who is, again, two years ago, so he hasn't had this redo position yet. Mattingly, who was very close to getting inducted via the Veterans Committee a couple weeks ago, or a couple, whenever it was, December. And now Gary Sheffield. And then the only exceptions are the steroid guys in Bonds, Clemens, Sosa, McGuire, and talk about a character clause and the guy shooting himself in the foot, Kurt Schilling. Other than that, everyone else that spends the 10 years on the ballot eventually does get into the hall of fame now do i think david wright gets into the hall of fame no but it's gotta be a little weird that it seems like the rule is get to your 10 and barring unforeseen circumstances you will get in because i think as much as henry you're arguing about don mattingly not being in i do think in our lifetime which should be a long time we are going to see don mattingly in the hall of fame we will see keith hernandez in the hall of fame there's a good chance we see Gary Sheffield potentially, although he might fall into that more steroid suspicion, guys. So I think if Gary doesn't get in 20 years from now, it's because the steroid stuff. But Kent will be in, Manningly will be in, which means by law, Utley and Wright and Burley will be too in 2040, 2050. If Burley gets in in the next 10 years and we are doing this podcast, I probably will quit this podcast because I will ruin and Jeff Thanks. Kent, Jeff Kent appeared on Survivor, got eliminated, and said it'll only be four hundred thousand dollars by the time Obama gets to it. So I mean, that guy is just—I love Jeff Kent's one of the funniest players I've ever seen. So you know, Jeff Kent should be the Hall of Fame just for that. He's hilarious. But yeah, I thought that was a weird thing to in, say. I think that Utley and Rollins are kind of connected. Where I think Rollins. In the, the next nine years, he needs to pray that Utley gets in. And I think Utley will get in soonish, I think. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. His whole thing is how fast can my second baseman get in? Because I think the faster the second his second baseman gets in, the quicker he gets in. Like the problem is. Dylan. Yeah. Go for it. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say the problem with Jimmy Rollins is he was never the guy. I like, don't want to don't sound actually, like Bill Blue. That's actually just not true. With. Chase Utley is the star that you won an MVP. Not true. He was literally the guy of the MLB of the National League one year. He won an MVP. But yeah, then I don't could, know about that take. No, because then we could say that Tim Lincecum was the guy at pitching for a year. Yeah, yes. he was. He was and the guy pitching not for free. And Tim Lincecum's not a Hall of Famer. That's I'm not because saying Tim Lincecum had a five-year career. I'm not saying Tim Lincecum even like is even like eligible. Him getting in, I think, is extremely dependent on Chase Utley getting in. If Chase Utley gets in by year six, I think that I think that Rollins will get in. I mean, Rollins is not a Hall of Famer. I love Tim Lincecum more than the four of you guys combined, 
<laughs> he's not a Hall of Famer. No, I agree. I love it, him. He's not a Hall of Famer. That which, man's arm was abused. <laughs> which is going to be the sad but true conversation we're going to have seven years now with Jacob DeGrom. But we are going to shout out, though, here at the end of this. Yeah, Henry, you're shaking your head. Jacob DeGrom's not a Hall of Famer. Pains me to say it, but it's true. Unless he comes back and wins another, unless he wins another one next year with Texas, but that's not going to happen. But let's shout out our fallen heroes, the people that received a handful of votes on the ballot this year, and give them some claps. (laughs) Because there are some years in the past, like a Kenny Lofton that fell off, a Carlos Delgado, a Johan Santana, where we were a little surprised that hey, should have stuck around, but he fell off. I think this year's guy, not to not to be a homer. David Wright would have been the guy if he fell off this year that we would have been like, hmm, maybe you should have stayed on a ballot for another year or two. But shout out to the guys that did fall out, and I don't think there's anyone here that deserves a lot of extra credit. Jose Bautista got six votes. Victor Martinez got six votes. Matt Holiday got four votes. Big Bart got five votes. Adrian Gonzalez go. got three That was votes. my guy. <laughs> Brandon Phillips. Not. Brandon Phillips, we need to find and hunt down and interview the one person that voted for <laughs> Brandon Phillips for the Hall of Fame. It was and then it was David. <laughs> and uh, it's always an honor to make it to the Hall of Fame ballot, but Absolutely. James Shields and Jose Reyes unfortunately will not have a singular vote. I mean, Bartolo gets I got a question for you. Gets he gets one over on James Shields once again. You know, <laughs> get a home run off of him, gets more votes than him. He he owns James Shields. Lucas has got a good question. I got a question for all of you about Matt Holliday. Will his son receive more Hall of Fame votes than he did or fewer Ooh. Hall of Fame votes than he did? Jackson Holiday will be a first more. ballot Hall of Famer. Jackson <laughs> Holiday will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Hey, Matt, Matt Holiday came to the Yankees and raked in 2017. That guy hit like five home runs in like a 20-game span. Boy, oh boy. Jackson Holiday will be better than Derek Jeter. In my opinion. Can I go a hotter take, Lucas? Well, I mean, these have already been pretty hot takes. But I'll take it a step further. I think Matt Holiday has two sons that get more Hall of Fame votes than he Ethan does. Holiday? Have Ethan you seen Holiday his cousin? Well. Have you seen their cousin? That's a factory, bro. Grayson <laughs> Holiday. Dyson Holiday. like a seventh grader. Christian Holiday. <laughs> They're just going to – it's absurd. I was watching – I was on Matt Holiday's Instagram, and I'm like, Wow. There's that one. Have you seen the video of the holiday family, the home run derby, and they're all hitting? Yeah. Yeah. That's a a baseball family right there. But that concludes the Hall of Fame for 2024. And three new guys are getting in. They will join Jim Leland in, I believe it's June or July, at the podium in Cooperstown, New York, for a great festivity. And we can do to round things out a little looking forward to next year's ballot where – we do have, and even if Bill Ballou is confirmed that he's voting for him, I think it's safe to say that Ichiro will be on the podium next year. I think CC Sabathia is likely going to be joining him up there, as will Billy Wagner, hopefully at this point next year. And the two interesting new guys, Nico's going to go to bat for Dustin Pedroia to at least stay on the ballot. And Felix Hernandez is an interesting case, because I don't think he's Hall of Fame worthy, but I think if he follows that trajectory of I a do. 20%, on year one, he could get to 75%. I think he is. Absolutely. For one simple reason. Yeah. Do you? Do we all just think that he's better than Mike Messina? <laughs> My bar for if people should get in the Hall of Fame right now is at an all-time low. 
based on who Scott Rowland and Mike Messina. All right, this is this is the anti Bill Blue right here. I mean, Bill, Bill said it doesn't like, matter I mean, year to year. My whole thing is my whole thing is uh, when Scott Rowland and Mike Messina get in, and Roger Clemens and Barry Bond. I understand steroids, but whatever, they don't get in. I I mean, it's it's kind of just like a guessing game. If I mean, Felix Hernandez makes the Hall of Fame. It it actually means absolutely nothing anymore. Yeah, so serious. I actually like mean that so wholeheartedly. Like, here's a question. Yes. Did did the Domingo Herman perfect game make Felix <laughs> Hernandez look worse? Does the fact no. that a guy like Domingo Herman <laughs> threw a perfect game does that does that make people be like ah not as cool? You already have Dallas Braden. You already have Dallas guys Braden. Like that. I don't that's think fair. Yeah, that's that. fair. <laughs> and then we will shout out the guys that are going to be next year's Jose Reyes's. And I think this is more. I'm just going to read these names to make you all feel old and realize that it's been six years since these guys have been in Major League Baseball. Troy Tulowitzki, Ben Zobris, Curtis oh Granderson. Oh my God! Hanley Ramirez, Brian McCann, Carlos Gonzalez, oh. Melky Cabrera, Ian Desmond, Mark Trumbo, Jason Vargas, Trumbo. Martin Prado. I think McCann will get these people on the ballot. And Adam Jones yeah, are all on the ballot year. next year. So Adam Jones. So we, so we just put anyone on the ballot. Well, no, it's if you spend McCann is going to get sneaky years. votes. I'm calling it right now. Like it pains me to not vote for Brian McCann or to not to not have voted for Brian McCann or Carlos Beltran because boy, oh boy, did like not 10, 11 year old Henry love those guys. Brian McCann, the more you mentioned, seven time All Star, six times. Brian Silver McCann's Silver. got a case. He's got a case. Almost three hundred career home runs as a catcher, twenty five stolen bases. I don't think he makes it. <laughs> He's not Jose Reyes. He'll be. He'll be. He'll be. Close. He'll get a couple. There's a couple guys there that'll that'll definitely get above Granderson. Granderson's fascinating, but we will have this debate same time next year. See y'all then. Right? Yeah. I think so. All right. So for Dylan, James, Nico, Henry, Lucas, thanks so much for joining us tonight on this episode. And of course, we'll be back tomorrow. A major league baseball player. I know you love listening to us, but we will have someone who is literally pitching in major league baseball in 2024. Fingers crossed joining us on the podcast tomorrow. So looking forward to that. And for the five of us, the side is retired.